Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Jay Allen Hull, but everybody just calls me Josh. If you're looking for me on social media, you can find me under Jay Allen Hull on Facebook, as well as Twitter and Instagram. And the reason why I go by Jay Allen Hull is because nobody's going to listen to a guy named Josh A. Hull about improving themselves. So anyhow, um, this is my first podcast. This is my first episode and uh, would like to just maybe introduce myself and uh, give you a little bit of history and tell you what's going on and why the title is called I'm Lying and I've Been Lying to Everyone and It's Time to Come Clean. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. So to give you a little bit of background on myself, um, I'm 38 years old now, I believe, and uh, last time I checked, and uh, I went to school to be a teacher. That was my goal, and some things in life happened. I got married, and then I got divorced, and some things changed in my trajectory, and uh, I never I never did become a teacher, and uh, instead, I wound up in sales for a long time. Um, in fact, I was part of the... Uh, local team for my local AT&T store that helped to launch the very first iPhone. That's that's how long ago I started in sales. I was in cell phone sales. Um, but the thing that I loved about selling wasn't the selling, it was the it was educating people and showing them and helping them find what would best fit their lives. And I, I love that. And that was why I wanted to be a teacher was to help change lives, to help people be better and to uh, help them to um, to learn to love themselves as they went through the process of learning and growing. Um, I did that for a long time with the, with the, uh, sales and I decided I didn't like that anymore. I didn't want to be a salesman. And so I went to the police Academy and I became a law enforcement officer. Again, the goal was I wanted to be able to help people, help change lives, help people's trajectories change for bet for the better. Um, that, uh, I, I actually loved that career. Um, I loved what I was doing. I excelled, I accelerated through the ranks fairly quickly and was doing really well. By this time I had met my lovely wife and we'd become married. In fact, we were, we got engaged right before I entered the Academy and got married right after I graduated from the Academy. And, uh, we had, uh, a little girl by this point in time. And, uh, so this was in 2008 was when I became a law enforcement officer and fast forward to 2011. And I started to notice I was having some health issues. Um, being in law enforcement, I worked out every day. I went to the gym, I lifted weights as well as cardio, and I kept myself in pretty good shape. And I started to notice that no matter what I did, no matter how healthy I ate, no matter what was going on in my life, um, I was putting on weight no matter what I did. And I was having health issues. It was getting harder to breathe and I was feeling agitated and irritated. Well, what had happened was, you see, back in 2009, I actually had cancer. And from that cancer, uh, I wound up with low testosterone. And so in 2010, my doctor put me on testosterone replacement therapy. Now, I'm not here to t say whether it's good or bad. To be honest with you, if your doctor knows what you're doing, I think it's a it's a great uh, thing to do. It helps a lot of men feel better. Um, unfortunately, my doctor wasn't necessarily monitoring the right things, and in doing so, what happened was it start. I had a side effect. 
it was basically one of those things where, you know, when you read on the side of the label, it says, you know, this can happen to one in a million. And, uh, that's really what happened was, you know, a one in a million chance that, uh, this would happen. And I was lucky 1 million. And so in right at the beginning of 2012, I switched doctors, we ran some tests and we discovered that my kidneys had, uh, gone from perfectly healthy functioning hundred percent down to 74% function. Um, this was on top of, I was a type one diabetic. I've been a type one diabetic since I was 11 years old. And, but I, again, I managed it very well. I kept very tight control over my, my diabetes. Uh, but my kidneys went within one year, uh, from totally healthy from the end of 2010 to the end of 2011, went from totally healthy to 74% function. Um, that was stage two kidney disease. And I found out that at the age of 30, um, part of the problem and what had caused the issues with the kidneys as well was that this medication had given me a, a minor heart attack, which also meant that now I had heart disease, high blood pressure, things of that nature. And so because of that, uh, my doctor told me I had to quit working, that I would never work again as a matter of fact. That my whole focus in life now was to focus on the health of my kidneys and my heart to keep myself alive longer for my family. That if I continued to work, that I would shorten that lifespan significantly and so that that was my choice. And of course, if I was going to choose between my career or my family, I was going to choose my family. And so I was medically retired from the law enforcement department that I was with. And we began filing for disability. Now we went through that process and while going through that process, uh, being denied a couple of times and having to appeal and getting an attorney to help out and all of those things. Uh, we also discovered that I had young onset Parkinson's disease. Now this had nothing to do with that medication. Uh, this had everything to do with just a, whatever was in me, a genetic thing, whatever it was going on, uh, I was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that's the same disease that Michael J. Fox was diagnosed with at such a young age. Typically, it's something that older people are diagnosed with, but uh, there is a young onset version and my hands were shaking and I was shuffling. And at uh, 32, 33 years old, I was walking around like, uh, like an 80-year-old man. So that was another thing that that kept me um, from, from being able to work. And we went and went to, uh, get approved for disability. We finally wound up in front of the judge. And as the judge talked to me and asked me what was going on, there were two other people in the room. Well, there was the judge, there was me and my attorney, and then there two other people. And the two other people, one was a medical expert, a medical witness, and the other was a vocational expert or vocational witness. And their job was basically to find a reason why I shouldn't be approved for disability, to testify against me, in other words, for the Social Security Department. And as I went through and told what was going on, the doctor, the medical witness, he'd already reviewed all of my files and all my medical files. And the judge basically, after I had my say, asked him if he had anything to add. And this was his chance to basically say, no, Mr. Hull is exaggerating or, well, you know, he might not be able to do this, but he could possibly do something that was more along these lines, something like that. 
And he said, no, I have nothing to add. So my attorney, you know, he briefed me before and we kind of looked at each other like, okay, one hurdle overcome. And so then we went to the vocational witness and this was the, the one where he said, you know, she might say, well, he could do like a call center job. You might not be able to do law enforcement, but maybe he could do this or that where he sat down and that kind of stuff. So the judge asked her, you know, if someone along the lines that has these issues that has, you know, and, and she asked me what my days were like and how, you know, basically I had to sit to keep my feet up, to keep my blood pressure down. I was taking a bunch of medication that made me tired and made me dizzy. You know, there wasn't a lot of things that I, I could do. My focus was gone. All of these different things that I told her about. And she went through and said these things. She says, is there any, any way that uh, someone in the, with these conditions could do what Mr. Hall did before? he stopped working. In other words, law enforcement. And of course we knew she said no. And we knew that we that she'd say no. Uh, and then the next question was, is there anything in Mr. Hall's past, uh, employment history that a person with these conditions that yada, yada, yada could do. And, uh, this was where we were a little bit worried because I had done call center work and I'd done other things that were kind of sedentary. So, you know, the, the attorney said, well, maybe, you know, she might say this. Well, she said, no, she said, no, after everything that I listed and, every, and we talked about what, how these, how the medications and how these diseases affected my life, she said, no. So that, that was a hurdle again, that we just thought, wow, that's, that was easy that we overcame that. Now here was the final question. The judge went through again, the list of all these things. Is there any way that somebody with all these things could do anything in the United States workforce employment database. In other words, any job that has ever been listed or is listed in this database, millions of jobs out there, is there anything that's popping up? You know, she had her little computer in front of her and she was typing in all this information and, and clickety clackety, clickety clackety. And, and, you know, as we were talking, so she was entering in all this information as I was speaking and as the, the medical expert was speaking and, and, and this is the one where we thought, okay, she's going to come up with something. And then my attorney says, you know, when he briefed me before, he says, this is where I'm going to, you know, I'll basically work it down and try to represent in a way that, so that way you can get your disability. And she said, no, no, there is nothing in the entire database of the United States workforce services that Mr. Hall could do. Now, when we walked out of that room, the judge thanked us, asked my attorney, is there anything else you'd like to add? He said, nope. The, the, we walked out. My attorney was almost skipping like a child. He was so excited. He said in 11 years of practicing law and re representing disability cases, he had never, ever seen that happen where they flat out said, no, there's just nothing. He's always had to try to argue at some point. He did nothing. He, he was excited. I walked out of there completely and utterly defeated, completely and utterly destroyed. I walked out of there feeling completely worthless. There was not a thing. I was certified by the United States government as completely unemployable, completely worthless. Not a single thing on this planet I could do, according to them. 
Well, one part of me was, you know, at least happy because my family had been struggling financially. My wife had been carrying all of the burden of working and trying to support our family. We went from a two-income family to losing 55% of our income overnight when I was told I'd never work again. And this took us five years. So for five years, we were struggling with, you know, half the insurance, uh, less than half the pay we were used to and all of these things. So at least we'd be getting some money coming in. And I thought that was good. But can I tell you guys just how utterly defeated and useless and deflated I felt to be told that I was worthless, that there was nothing that I could do on this planet to contribute, to to provide for my family other than to just, just exist, to just be there, to collect a paycheck once a month from my disability insurance that I'd paid into the disability that we all pay into if we're, if we're wage earners, it was crushing. It was absolutely crushing. And I believed that. I believed that story. I believed that narrative until I didn't. So when I stopped believing that lie, I told my wife one day, I, I, we, I'd started to feel within me that there was something, something I could do from home, something that I could do that wouldn't take a lot of exertion, that I didn't have to stay sitting with my feet down on the ground and that I could keep my feet up, that I could do to provide for my family. And as I thought about that, and my wife and I were talking one night, and, and this was January of 2017. And we were talking and the next morning I woke up and I, I, I went through my routine. I, at this point, you know, I was the primary caregiver of my, my uh, daughter, my oldest daughter. And I, I got her off to school and just kind of did my routine and sat around the house. And, when that, and, and what happened was that I looked on Facebook and there was a message from one of my friends. There was not a message. There was a post from one of my friends. He posted, he said, I'm opening a freight broker, a freight brokerage, and I'm looking for agents who can work from home and work their own hours. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty ideal. And so he lived just down the street. So I called him up. I said, Hey, Kirk, I saw your message or your post. What's this about? Well, he was a trucker and he decided he didn't want to be on the road anymore. And so he opened a freight brokerage business. And basically the, the essentials of freight brokering, for those who aren't familiar, is that a freight broker or an agent of a freight broker calls a company uh, who is shipping things. You call, a, say, a produce company who's shipping uh, across the country and you, and you secure a load. You know, they say, well, I'll pay you $1,000 for shipping this load of, uh, of oranges. And then you find a trucker. You go onto these boards and you post and, and you find a trucker who's willing to take the load and basically negotiate with him. You, you know, usually if they're going to pay you a thousand, you negotiate to pay him, you know, 900 bucks, 850 bucks. And, and then you make yourself a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars on the deal. And if you do three or four or five or 10 loads a day, making a hundred bucks per load, you, you can make, you know, a thousand bucks a day and it, it makes pretty good living. Well, I got pretty good at this. I got pretty good at freight brokering and, and, uh, I went out on my own. My, my, my friend and I, we parted ways amicably 
you know, he wished me luck and I went out on my own and started my own little agency. And then I got recruited. I, my agency got picked up and noticed and I got recruited by, uh, by England logistics and started working for them. You may have seen their trucks on the road, CR England trucks. So I was working, I owned an agency with England logistics doing all the back end work and which was great. And I was able to make good money and I, and I, was able to hire people and train them. And I love that part. I love the training part. The thing that I hated about what I was doing, and even though we were making good money and I was now able to support my family and not having to rely on disability and not having to, to take, you know, what I felt was a handout. Uh, and I was, I, I was able to feel worthwhile again. The problem was, is the random hours because trucking is 24 seven. So, you know, one night I was taking my wife to a nice steak dinner. We were going to sit down and enjoy the time together. We hadn't been out together in a while. And I got a call from one of the truckers. There was a problem with the load, the place he was delivering it. They weren't open and they were rejecting it. What did he want me to do? So I had to rush home. We, we didn't even sit down and have dinner. I had to rush home before we even got seated. And that was the end of the night. I spent the rest of the night working on it. And so it's a 24 seven business. And I didn't like that. I wanted to have more control of my time. And so I found a book by Michael Hyatt and company. Uh, well, by Michael Hyatt called Your Best Year Ever. Um, and it was a magnificent book. I loved reading it. I learned how to manage my time better. I began living more intentionally and with purpose. I was able to enjoy my free time with my family more. I regained and managed a little bit of my health because I began to understand how to manage that better. I joined his, what, what he calls now his leader books program. And in doing so, I was able to be guided to books that helped me to, to be better at managing time and health and my rest and, and rejuvenation so that I, I really was, uh, refreshed and ready for the, the next week. And, uh, and I decided that if I was really going to be intentional, I needed to find something where I could control my time. And that was not the trucking industry. As much as I love you guys out there that are hauling and in trucks, God bless you all. But that's just not, that wasn't for me. So I started looking in different uh, options and I found financial services. And I built a financial services business. And, uh, and I sold the freight business and I loved helping people with financial services, with preparing, uh, retirements and life insurance and getting ready for, you know, college funds and all of the great things to help people have a better life and live it again, to be able to live a quality life now financially, as well as after retirement. Because I've seen so many people retire and again, they just were existing. They were just collecting that social security check. That's all they had or a small little pension. And they didn't, they didn't have the money. They couldn't afford to do things with their life. They couldn't go visit their grandkids or take them on the trips that they wanted to or do anything like that. So to help people prepare for that was exciting for me and I loved it. And during that process, my wife and I, we lost everything again. Our, our daughter at this point, we'd now had, uh, we had three daughters and a fourth one on our way. We had, uh, we had my oldest. And then at this point we had a 
two-year-old and a one-year-old, and then one on her way. And um, the the youngest, Emmy, began having health issues. And just as things were taking off with the financial services, she began having health issues, which started consuming time, and it started consuming money. And we lost everything financially. We even had to set up a GoFundMe and beg for help, which which was one of the things that I actually talked about with my financial services about how we can prevent that from happening. And yet, no matter how well you are prepared, sometimes life just happens and you can do everything right and still lose. And that doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It just means that's life. And so that's what happened with us. And what happened was I discovered that the financial services, I loved it, but, and I do love it, but I needed to create an income and I needed to do something quick and I needed to do something meaningful. And, uh, so I began to rebuild our family through a third business using the same principles that I'd used before to manage my health, manage my time, and to be able to give me the time to focus on Emmy, little Emma, who needed help and needed attention, and on my wife and on the new baby that had come at that point, and all of these things, and to be able to um, still support my family. That's when I discovered that I was lying. I had been lying to myself. I had been lying to my family. I'd been lying to everybody. Really, what I'd been lying about was that this financial services company that I found, Five Rings Financial. Um, let me just back up before I go into my what I was lying about. Let me tell you about Five Rings Financial and why I did love what I was doing. Um, I found them at the perfect time. I really don't believe in coincidences. I believe that we're guided, whether that's by God, the universe, spirits, a higher power, whatever your belief is, I believe that we are guided. And I was guided to find this company called Five Rings Financial. And it was at the perfect time. And they taught me how to work harder on myself than I do on my business, which started to begin to take what I had started learning with Michael Hyatt and expand it in beautiful and amazing ways. I learned to overcome my illnesses even more. I I increased in I increased my kidney function from my kidney function had dropped from 74 all the way down to 60% and I had increased it now from 60% up to 80%, which the doctors said was unheard of. I mean, they flat out told me this is what's going to kill you. It's a progressive disease. Your kidneys are just going to get worse and worse and worse until you need a transplant and then you know it, it, but essentially this is this is what was going to take me out years from now and the whole goal was just to slow down that progression and instead i had improved it working with five rings financial and the people that worked there i stopped my parkinson's medication with no shakes no symptoms i am off parkinson's medication now does that mean i don't have parkinson's anymore no that that's again something that doesn't just go away what it means, though, is that through the things that I learned, the stress management, the mindset shifts and changes and working on myself more than my business, I don't have symptoms anymore. Will they come back later in life? Who knows? I don't know. I'm hoping not. They might. But again, for now, 
I'm able to play with my kids. I'm able to run around. I'm able to chase after my bulldog for the five minutes a day that she's active. I'm able to do fun things without shaking and shuffling. And I don't have to take medication that makes me feel dizzy or sick to my stomach. I got to hang out with millionaires and elevate my mindset. And I got to recognize that I was worth more than what I was currently earning. I discovered better doctors and natural ways to help Emmy, to help myself, and to help my whole family. And I loved Five Rings Financial because when they did financial services, what they did, they really did teach. In fact, they had a whole class, a master class called Money 101 that I've actually created a recorded version of in my Intentional Living Academy so that people can have access to this. And it's free. Learning the principles of saving and growing your money for retirement and for the future and for college and all of those things that we want. And I love the teaching and the helping part. And I love seeing people's eyes get big. And I love seeing their paradigms shift. And I love seeing them get excited that finally my son, my daughter, they can go to college when I never had that chance. Or I can retire with dignity and experience life. What I hated, what I hated was the numbers and the filling out forms. I've hated math since I was a kid. I I hated the actual office work. That wasn't what I wanted to do. I just wanted to teach. I just wanted to help people. And that's when I realized that I was lying to myself. And so I needed to discover what was going on. I started to feel upset. We'd gotten Emmy feeling better. And I still kind of felt like I didn't want to dive back with both feet into the financial services pool. And I read another book by Michael Hyatt earlier this year called Free to Focus. And I found my true why with this Free to Focus book. He has in this book what he calls, he calls it your desire zone. And I discovered my desire zone. I desire and love to teach people and to help them. I desire and love to see people grow and break out of patterns and mindsets of unhappiness, despair, poverty, depression, negative energy, and hopelessness. And as I discovered this, and as I still continue to teach people financial services, they'd ask me about, you know, well, how did I come to do this? Especially those that knew my law enforcement background. And people seem to be more interested in my story than in the financial help that I was offering them. And I began to help people overcome their obstacles and improve their lives using the same techniques and methods and tools that I used. I helped people to become more intentional. And I was even offered to speak at places. And they didn't want to hear about the financial stuff. They wanted to hear about how to be more intentional, how to take their lives and do with their lives what I did with mine. Many of them weren't even as what I would say far back as I was, you know, they didn't have the health issues. They didn't have certain, you know, mental blocks and issues that I had. They were 10 steps ahead of me, but they still wanted to know how to catch up to where I was now. I discovered that what I wanted to do with my life was so much bigger than just financial services. Yes, financial education will still be a core part of what I teach people. It absolutely is. Oh, we are so stressed over money. We are so 
frustrated over finances in, in our world today, that if we can learn to control that and manage it and prepare for the future in a way that makes us feel good and comfortable, that's a stress that is rele- relieved and removed from our life. And in doing so, it allows us to be more intentional. The more intentional and purposeful we are with our money, the more intentional we can be with the rest of our life. No, for the most part, I will not be taking on any new financial service clients except for those who are direct referrals from a current client. Uh, At this point in my life, I am full focus on my desire zone of helping people in a bigger way, in helping them become intentional with their lives, their businesses, their families, anything that's important to them. That is more important to me than just the small area of financial services. So anyone needing or wanting financial services in the future, uh, I've gone ahead and and made a, an agreement or set up a deal with the, with the senior vice president and a couple of executive vice presidents from Five Rings Financial. So that if anybody comes to me after I've taught these principles and says, I want to learn more, I I will personally get you their calendar so that you can put yourself on their calendar and you can meet with a senior vice president or executive vice president of Five Rings Financial and get the absolute best service to set you up for the future. I will continue to service my current clients and direct referrals from them for as long as they want me to. If they want to be shifted to one of these other people, I'm happy to do that. If they want me to continue to service them and do their annual reviews and help them out, absolutely. I will do that and I will give them the best service that I can and I will make sure that my service is double checked by a senior vice president or executive vice president. So what am I going to be doing then? That's the question. What will I be doing now? And what have I been lying about? Well, I've been lying about being a financial services person. What I do is so much bigger than that, as I've said before. So I will be helping people live more intentionally and with purpose to improve their lives and accomplish their goals and achieve their dreams using the same methods, techniques, and tools and mindsets that I've used to do the same. I'm going to focus on 10 core areas in my intentional living mentoring to assist people. Everything that I do, everything I talk about will circle around and stem from either one or multiple of these 10 core areas. The first one will be spiritual. The next will be intellectual and then emotional, physical, marital, parental, social, vocational, avocational, that's our hobbies and our time off, and of course, financial. Now, I'm sure some of you are sitting there saying, wait a minute, emotional, are you a a therapist, a psychologist? No, I'm not. But there's a lot of things that I've learned to overcome emotional blocks that I can help you with. Of course, anything that's truly traumatic, PTSD, anything that's causing you true emotional trauma needs to be helped with a professional or by a professional. And I will be the first to tell you that. But there are a lot of things in our daily lives, like limiting beliefs that I can help you with. Physical, you go, wait a minute. If you've seen my pictures, you're probably sitting there thinking, whoa, hold on, Mr. J. Allen Hall, Mr. Josh. You're kind of living the chubby bearded life, aren't you? Well, yeah, I am right now. But I've also improved my physical health. I've 
improved my kidney health. I've improved the fact that I no longer take medication for Parkinson's. I've been able to lose weight and I will continue to lose weight. And I invite you to join me on my journey to do that. Now, if you want to coach specifically for that, I know a handful of amazing coaches and I'll be happy to point you in their direction. If you're an amazing coach that would like to partner with me, contact me and I'll be happy to send people in your direction. But the point is, is before all this health stuff happened, I used to be 180 pounds and 10% body fat. And I used to eat six times a day and only healthy food. And I counted my macros and my, and my supplements and all of this stuff. And, and I worked out six days a week. So I have a little bit of an idea of how to be physically healthy. Now that I've changed my mindset about my diseases, I will accelerate my physical health and my weight loss because of that factor alone. And of course, marital and parental, you might be thinking, but haven't you been divorced? And yes, I have. And I've learned great lessons through that. I've got six kids. Well, five and one that's about to be born. One boy and five girls. So I'm sure I've got some insights that might help. And I have an amazing wife who has taught me the true meaning of love and marriage and support. And I believe that there's some lessons that I've learned and that she's learned and that we can both share together to help you. And of course, vocational, I really, I want to help you. If you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. If you are climbing the corporate ladder, I want to help you achieve your goals. I want you to clearly obtain your vision and go after it, set your goals and create the life that you want. And your avocational, your rest, your time off, that is so important. That was the first thing that I began shifting in my life that helped me to create more energy by being mindful of my time off. And I don't mean just sleeping all day. I mean taking naps during the week, going for walks after lunch, spending time with my family in places that refresh me, like in the mountains, doing things like that. And of course, like as, as I said, and as I've been saying through this, the financial, you, we're going to talk about that. Because when you can remove the financial stress, when you can get that taken care of, which is almost one of the easiest things to do because it's kind of a a set and done once we sit down with you. And well, not me, but the Five Rings Financial Executive Vice Presidents sit down with you. uh, They they can help you get on track. And that's the beautiful thing. Once that's done, you've removed that stress. Things like your physical, your weight starts to change. You start losing weight. You start feeling better mentally. You start feeling healthier because we've taken that away. I will be adding value to the world through free and paid trainings, videos, speaking engagements, courses, and of course, one-on-one sessions. Basically, I just want to be an influence for good in this world. I want to help you. And if you feel I can help someone else too, please share what I have to offer. My cup truly runneth over, and I don't want that excess blessings, that excess goodness to just spill over and be wasted. I want to give it to you. That's what my mission in this life is. That's what J. Allen Hall and Co. is about. And that's what we're going to do and work together and come on this journey with me as we all grow and we all journey closer and closer to that vision and become that vision of who we are, who we should be, who our perfect selves are. Now, what can you do for me? Well, it's pretty obvious. Just like, comment, and share on my posts. Follow me at on Facebook, facebook.com slash the real J Hall, Twitter, 
is the real Jay Hall. Uh, Instagram is Jay Allen Hall, and YouTube is Jay Allen Hall. Subscribe to this podcast. Um, share my posts, comment, give me feedback so that I can help you even more and zero in on what your needs are. And of course, you can book me for speaking engagements. Book me, call me up, email me. My email is j or excuse me, jhull at jallenhull.com. And by booking me for speaking engagements, I can come and give live workshops and help you and your organization. Uh, you can follow my blog, jallenhull.com. Um, and of course, jallenhull.com slash academy will take you to the Intentional Living Academy, where I will be adding courses and creating courses that you can, that some are free. The Money 101 Masterclass is free on my academy website. Um, so you can start right there, start learning about money. That's how important I feel it is, is that it's free. There are other courses, some are paid, some are free, and you're welcome to take a look at them. And of course, just share the love, share what I have to offer, reach out to me, let me know your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, even if they differ, and let's have some discourse and some discussion. I enjoy that. Um, Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. This is my first one. Um, From now on, each one's going to have a theme. Again, I've been lying to myself by trying to be what I wasn't which was a financial guy. Now that I've become what I am, which is an intentional living guy, a mentor, a guide, a teacher, which is what I've always wanted to be, I am happier. I am more prosperous. I am living more abundantly than I ever have before. And that's what I want for you. Let's find who you are. Let's discover your best self. And then let's journey together to that destination. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Remember to subscribe and check me out on social media and uh, look forward to seeing you later on. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye.